You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream. The dream. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to Straight from the Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth, and I'm your host on this personal development, personal growth podcast. It's, listen, if you are new to the show, I just want to welcome you. I want to thank you for giving me your listening ear for your attention. And if this is your 58th, 59th, 100th time tuning back in, I just want to thank you for coming back, for joining us again. And listen, if this is a podcast you derive any value from or you believe anybody else would derive value from, please do not hesitate to share it with them. Share it on your Instagram stories, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. Link us. Help to generate more awareness of the podcast and who we're having on here. And and just I would thank you in advance for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So we have a special guest today. Her name is Lindsay. She's a local bodybuilder. And look, I, I just wanna I wanna get right into it. So Lindsay, thank you for doing this. Thank you for showing up. Thanks, I Justin. really, really appreciate it. What's up? Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I have a question. What, on your intro, was that Eli the hip hop preacher? It is. I love it. It is. <laughs> He's it. the man. He's the man. So motivating. Yeah. His voice is underappreciated. I think his the just how he dispenses. It just it's monstrous. Like he's underrated. He's not. I don't think he's given the credit that he deserves. Um, it's funny. So there's a story too behind him. Um, he has a very strong female next to him who actually encouraged him and really discovered him when he was just scraping by and encouraged him to do his best every day. And she's still there. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the man. I love, he's awesome, I love, I love that it, guy. It's who you surround yourself with also. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. Uh, and you know what? Speaking of surrounding yourself with people, the good people, like-minded people, uh, for those of you who don't know, Lindsay is a professional bodybuilder and she just accrued her professional card, what, like a couple months ago? Yeah, in December. Yeah. Tell us about that. How did that feel? Um, you know what? It's funny because I didn't really uh, absorb the gravity of what it meant until I got back here. Uh, we competed in Miami. I went, I say we because I went with um, a colleague of mine and I was coaching her at the time, Summer Tranquil. And we both, this was our second time competing, or actually my third and her second time competing at Miami National Championships. And they just moved it um, to Orlando because of COVID for the last two years. And it was, it's an ordeal if you've never competed at a bodybuilding show before, no matter what level, there's always like, okay, you know, the last week before you kind of like have that sort of like, okay, am I ready? I'm ready. You have to just mentally prepare for it all. And so I was mentally prepared and, and I did everything I could at that point to bring in my best package, my best physique, um, to go ahead and ham, I hammered away at weaknesses all season long. And, um, it was my third show of the season last year. I spent all year getting ready, building muscle and then cutting and getting my physique honed in from January till September. So nine months of the year I competed. My first show was in Pittsburgh at the North American Championships and I took I think I was just shy of my pro card there. I was like one place no. And that's been my story for the last like two and a half years competing at nationals. It's like one or two placements off. I'm like always top five, always right there. And it just it didn't come together quite. 
you know, the way I wanted it to, um, or the judges felt for whatever reason, I just wasn't, um, qualified yet for that pro win. And so, um, in Orlando last year in December, I was, and it was definitely gratifying to finally, um, achieve that. And now I can prepare and compete at the professional level. So for those of you listening, you, you can't see Lindsay, but Lindsay across the table from me is fucking jacked. Her arms are probably bigger than mine. She's one seven. What are you? One seventy right now. Yeah. And she's like five, six and he's lean. This is not a fat one seventy. So anyways, yeah, just, I got to paint a picture because you're, you're very, you're very muscular female. And, um, the, you know, what people don't understand is that when you gain a pro card in anything, it's very, very, very challenging. And there's a journey behind it of years and years and years and hundreds of thousands of hours put into your craft. And for that one moment when you actually win and you gain that pro card, tell us about that feeling. Like what was surging through you when you actually got first? So they do this thing. Um, we did, it was a two day show. We did prejudging the day before. So you, you, you are supposed to do your, your absolute best, bring your absolute best package to prejudging. Um, because they do what are called call outs and depending on those call outs and how they line you up and compare you to your competitive set, they may move some women around and that's what they did on stage with me. They called my number and moved me around with someone else. Um, and then we were released. So at prejudging, you have to look your absolute best and then finals are the next day. And usually they've done most of their judging by finals. And finals, you get to um, do your individual routine, your individual posing, whatever you've choreographed, and have some more time on stage to show off the package that you've worked so hard for. Um, so that being said, when we were lined up at finals and they were just calling out the numbers, um, you know, they start with fifth place and they call out fourth place, and then they got to third place, and I was like, oh my god, okay, because the top two got their pro cards, and I was just like, this is so exciting for me. I just knew right away and I just had this big smile on my face and I was just like, wow, you know, all those hours, all that time, almost four years dedicated to that goal. So, let's, so, so you got first or second? I got second place. I oh, got second. My, yeah. my fault. My fault. No, it's, all, it's all good. But you know what? I took runner up to the female that won the whole show. Wow. So I'm okay with that. Wow. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll gracefully take that. Um, I can't, I'm sure you were just elated after the fact. And then, Oh, so elated. I couldn't, um, summer Trinkle was off stage. She was backstage with me. Um, and she was like the first person I just saw after when I got off stage and she actually recorded, I, she's so great. Cause she records everything. She has a YouTube, um, channel as well. And so she was recording my reaction when I stepped off stage and came backstage and I was just in shock and I was just like, finally, 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 oh, that's, finally. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's incredibly challenging and 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 hard as an understatement to say that when you're when you're when you're trying to accrue a pro card like that at that level, the upper echelon of all bodybuilding, you know, that's just and you're competing with the best of the best. It's not like you know we talked about this briefly off mic, but it's like you know it's like 
when you're competing and and you know novices are competing against open it's just there's no there's there's zero competition there it's when you have somebody that's trying to be at the pro level at the IFBB on the IFBB uh, stage that's just insane I mean it takes a lot a lot a lot and apart from the work and the ethics on the discipline rather it takes genetics so when did you know that you had the capabilities to take this far? You know, it's funny. I didn't know until probably like my first my first actual year. So I just decided after I turned 28, I was like, you know, I'm getting closer to 30. I want to set like a real big goal. And I had seen a documentary with Nicole Wilkin, um, who she was a figure competitor, a figure Olympian. Amazing, amazing physique, this woman. And... Um, I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and compete in a female division of bodybuilding. And I go, you know, I'm just going to try figure because I don't think I'm cut out for bikini. I'm not that, that, uh, streamlined. And so after I competed and I got a taste for it, um, and I did well, I was like, okay, I really, I enjoy this. I enjoy the grind. I, I enjoy goal setting. I enjoyed even like the restrictive diet. It would just set me into such a structured routine in my life that bled into all these other areas. And the self-discipline it brought out in me, I was just like, I love this. Um, so as far as to answer your question, how did I know that my genetics would? Because of the progress I was able to make. Mm-hmm. Because of the natural strength I was able to harness and you know, with the help of the trainer at the time, Mark Gatson, um, pushed, he pushed me, um, where he knew I could go and I didn't even know I could take myself that far. Did anybody tell you, you could be, you could potentially be at the pro level with your physique and the, your work ethic. Who, who was, yeah. if, if so, who was the first person to tell you that? Um, you know what? I, we made a trip down, Mark and I made a trip down to, uh, Venice, uh, and we went to Gold's Gym, the West Coast Mecca, as everyone mm. calls it. And we met with Charles Glass. And he they call him the godfather of bodybuilding because he's amazing. He competed himself. He's super smart. Just a, a very intelligent man. And um, and his training techniques and style, he just understands body mechanics. You know, it's not always the weight that you push. It's not always, you know, how strong you are at something. Sometimes it's just tension and playing with tension relationship relationships and um it's generated by your body so um after meeting with him and talking with him and um we did some posing he was like yeah really yeah so you got the okay from charles <laughs> so I, charles was the first I one i was like okay well if he said it then you know, then at least I know that I'm not just spinning my wheels here, trying to accomplish something that my genes would never take me. To. Right. Yeah. Right. Did he direct you to somebody like a coach after that? No, no, he didn't. He, he was very, um, very welcoming though. You know, he just said, if you need anything else in the future. And that's what I love about this industry is that most of the people that I meet are so humble, so genuine, and they just want to help people. They just want to help people that that have the desire and the drive to help themselves. It's a camaraderie. And it is. You, you really feel it. And you even feel it backstage, too, when you're competing mm-hmm. with competitors. You know, it's just a, 
Maybe part of that too is because you know they're gonna get pizza or hamburgers afterwards, and they're so excited. <laughs> they're on this like hi. That was me. That was me. I was like, I'm going to Cheesecake Factory, oh and I was just, I, I didn't. It's like at that point, I mean, I want to win. I want to do my best, but almost like I give a shit if I lost. I just want to go off my diet right now. <laughs> I'm tired of rice cakes and peanut butter. I'm tired of oh, you got peanut butter, chicken or rice. Yeah. I think actually the last one I did, um, I did. Uh, I was really flat, so I think I did like pop tarts or something. But um, <laughs> I just I'm so excited to get food, like real food, you know. But obviously, you want to play into the hard work that you put in for the last umpteen months, and so mm-hmm. you, you know, you still want to do good, but. Yeah, I think it's just we we naturally want to like just feed our bodies, you know, we're in such a depleted state and um, but (laughs) uh, Cheesecake Factory is my favorite restaurant. I don't care what anybody says. Like people talk shit on me for liking Cheesecake Factory so much. No, it's amazing. It's amazing. If I could have. $2,500 $2,500 or 2500 2500 calories. I'm the same as dollars right now. Um, 2500 calories on a single plate and be able to eat that and not gain, you know, I, and feel, feel okay about it. Yeah, right? I feel, yeah, yeah, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing is like, okay, no. Well, I've trained myself for so, you know, so many years that, you know, certain, I just don't even look at certain foods, you know? Yeah, and that's a mindset that you've kind of in, in indoctrinated yourself the last you know several years but that's what people don't understand that's what it has to take Mm -hmm. for you to get to any level of elite status in your respective field oh yeah you think tom brady is just like uh well applebee sounds good right now so (laughs) after the game guys let's go smash some like onion rings and wings and what no yeah and I mean, on top of that, the work ethic when it comes to practice and being diligent with throwing the ball, if you're Tom Brady, you know, practicing, people don't, people like to look at it like, well, you're just genetically inclined or, well, maybe it's, maybe on your end, it's all the supplements you use, but it's not, it takes that and it takes discipline over a an extensive period of time and then what happens is you never let go of that discipline you never let go of those boundaries and those structures that that held you in place to get you where you wanted to go in the first place those are forever those are forever adopted now it's like and even if and if you try to go off you're gonna feel like you missing you're, you're losing a part of your identity and that's the hardest thing to give up that's why most bodybuilders that retire and I'm using air quotes here for people that are listening, they don't really retire because they still keep to the same regiment. They still keep to the same foods. Maybe they might have a cheat meal here and there more, more frequently. Maybe they don't care so much about training intensity as much, but I would argue that it's still pretty much the same, you know, and it's like, so really you're just retiring from not competing. Okay. You're not really retiring your body. You know, it's really hard. I mean, I don't know really anybody except for like the old timers like Arnold and Franco and a couple others, you know, but it's like, then it gets to the point where they get too old 
to really lift the, 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 or lift the way you'd like. And so then like, then you do start doing different things in life, going down different ventures and then business becomes more of a priority providing. It's just like, and eh, those things are more important now. And then you kind of let go of your body, but one replaces the other one addiction is going to replace the other addiction. You don't just abdicate yourself from the addiction entirely and say, well, I'm free now. You're never free. Mm-hmm. You're never free. And you've cultivated that on your own, but it's a good cultivation to have on your side. Right. I mean, it's something that you stay healthy with. It's something that you're strong. You you know, you're not only physically strong, but you're mentally strong. Talk about that. Because for those of you who also don't know Lindsay in person and you've never seen her train, she trains fucking hard. And I don't mean like, you know, it's beast mode. No, no, no. There's a monster in all of us. Well, I shouldn't say all of us. There's a monster in some of us, I'll say. Sometimes it rears its head when you're in this pursuit of the thing that you love the most. And that is seen. It's evident in her training. I've been right there when she's training. I've seen it. And it's not necessarily something. It's not anything that's put on. It's what comes out of her. It's what's extracted when she's immersed in the set. And it's not just a set. It's the entire workout. Because there's a goal in mind and that's something that many people never understand. They don't, they don't, they don't get it, but that's the reason why there's only a few elite in the world at what they do because they understand how to channel that monster and bring it out when they need to talk about how, talk about what you're going through when you're training that way. When you're on your last rep, but then there's something inside you that says you have three more, Mm -hmm. three more Mm -hmm. go talk about that. Oh yeah. So even today, so we trained legs at Oak and Iron this morning, um, on Saturdays and Sundays when I'm in town, I like to invite the other competitors, uh, local bodybuilders and maybe they've competed or maybe they're thinking about competing, but they'd like to train in that style with that intensity. You know, and it's it's an energy that rubs off on other people. By the way, Oak and Iron is your gym, your yes. personal gym. Yes. Yeah, in Santa Maria. Um, so we're training legs, and you know we're 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 warmed up, we're feeling good, and it's time to do barbell squats. And so we each take turns. We're warmed up. We're like, okay, let's rack on more weight. All right, it's time to go up. You're feeling good. Your back's good. Yeah, you you feel mobile. You're getting low enough. You get in the pocket. Yeah, okay, let's go. Let's go more. And, you know, it's, for me, it's just seeing how far I can physically push myself. And I've now I've gotten a little bit more mature after training the hard this way for four years. I know I don't want to have a bad week. So I know there's a certain limit. And I get, I flirt really close to that limit. Today, it felt great. And I hit 295. For my my barbell back squat, I felt really good about that. Um, I know I can. I know I could probably go. I'm chasing 315. I I know it's right there, but I also I have to be on my feet all week. I have to tomorrow. We're gonna train back. So um, the intensity, it's it's hard because I do. I have that that drive. That's like I want to go more. I want to push myself to that limit. Um, and it's fun though too. 
I'm so, having the best time and I'm living, I'm in the moment at that mm-hmm. time. I'm so in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about what's going to happen after this. I'm not thinking about, um, you know, oh, I got to go home and make breakfast for my kids, feed my, whatever. Um, it's just right there in the moment, just focusing on that breathing and standing up with close to 300 pounds on your back. It's like time stands still, right? It does. Um, the, you know, one of the biggest things with, with training is when you're at a level like you're at, or even, even those, and I don't mean to put a pejorative on people that are not at the elite level or not, you know, professional bodybuilders yet or professional strongmen or powerlifters, but because some of these people have this this ability in them as well it's to display or displace rather a certain level of work ethic and an effort and more often than not sometimes we because we don't have a parameter that tells us okay well you're tapped out like you don't have to work any harder um just you know cool it we don't have that parameter we don't understand what it takes to gain the muscle we don't have an uh, uh, we don't have an a, a definite understanding of what it takes to accrue this amount of muscle in this time period. Right. It's just all a guessing game. Yeah. So it's like, do I, do I do another set? Do I, tr- do I do another few reps? Do I increase my poundage? Do I do so overall more volume or more mechanical tension? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Is it worth anything or am I just doing this in vain? And this is where work ethic comes in play. This is where you have to kind of be a little bit psychotic in your monstrous ways when you train because more often than not, you're doing a lot of reps in vain. More often than not, you're doing a lot, you're, you're, you're dispensing with a lot of effort in vain, meaning it's not going to do any more good than if you had backed off those, those last few reps, those last couple of reps or whatever, or not tacked on that next set. In fact, sometimes it can worsen you. Because it's taking away from your quote unquote training dollars that you have to spend in that particular training session or I, let's just call energy, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that's the thing. That's the sick ways that elites are. They don't think about that. They don't think about being pragmatic. Not often, not often, especially when you're in the moment because you're talking about in the moment. You don't think about, well, shit, man. I remember that study I heard from somebody <laughs> telling me, oh, you can have blah, 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 RPE or, or reps in reserve. You know, it's like that doesn't matter at that point. You just fuck it one more and you just go because it's more important to capitalize on the work ethic than it is to go back to the drawing board and then, well, I didn't have to do that and be all scientific about it. Correct. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what peop, some people are like that. Shout out to Jeff Nippard. He's like that. <laughs> For those of you who watch YouTube and, and follow some bo- natural bodybuilders on YouTube, Jeff Nippard is like these. Very much about the science and the and and so is Brad Schoenfield. And and I I, I love those guys for That's what great. they yeah. for what they for what they promulgate. But some point you just have to show yourself what you're fucking made of. And sometimes that means training stupid. All albeit you don't get injured. You know, right. sometimes you have to train that way to show yourself what you're made of. Right? right. Right. And that's, that's what, that's what I've seen you do in real time. And I love that about you because most, most don't go in the gym like that. I mean, 
And I don't, and I'm not just talking about, I'm not referring to just women. I'm talking about men. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of men. We had a conversation about this in the gym one time, uh, a couple a mu- few months back. And I told you, and I'll go on record saying this. Most men train like pussies because they do. And they just really, you gotta, you gotta search to see why, why are you training that way? Is it not that, is it not important to you to see your best? Is it not important to you to, to, to see if you have what it takes? Because really that's effectively what you're saying by not pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that you say that. I think there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different answers to that. I think sometimes, you know, there's so much information out there that men and women go, you know, am I spinning my wheels here? Should I even be doing this? What should my split look like? Maybe they don't even like lifting. Maybe they're just like strength training because they think they have to do that or someone told them it was healthy for them. Maybe they'd be much better off in a climbing class, you know, practicing climbing on a wall or or maybe they'd be better off, you know, doing um, uh, Pilates, you know, or boxing class. But it's it's like you don't know until you know. So you have to expose yourself to all these different modalities until you find one that strikes home with you and then pursue it and pursue it relentlessly. You're right. Don't half-ass it. Don't leave whatever on the table. Why wouldn't you want to bring your best? What are you doing in life if you're not bringing your best? Are you just, are you on a sailboat? Is this, because <laughs> I haven't been sailing in a long time. <laughs> I love that you have that perspective because most people in your shoes are, are very myopic. They're very just, this is, this is what you gotta do. Just do this, you know? And, and there's, there's only one way and that's it, you know? And, and if you can't handle it, well, I guess you're not cut off for this. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people. And the one thing that I do very much value about you is you're so sweet. You're so oh, sweet Justin. and you, that's and nice. you're, you're definitely you don't physically, you don't come off that way to somebody who doesn't know you, but you're so, you're so sweet. You're so professional with, with your, with your language when you talk and even though on the, on the text message, you're so professional and it's something that I definitely, definitely appreciate because you wouldn't think that if you didn't know you seeing you train as sure. you train, you'd sure. be like, fuck, I'm not approaching her. <laughs> But, um, no, you know, like I said, I love that perspective you have because it's very balanced and in a world that is seemingly not balanced for a person like yourself, you give that, you extend that notion or that ideology to, to your clients. Like, and this is really because you want the best for them. You realize this might not be the best for you, but for your psychological profile, this might not bode well. You right. might want to do something else like climbing or Pilates. Right. And I just think that's really cool because a lot of trainers that are in their positions would, would maybe just say, you know what? This is what it is. Suck it up. Oh my gosh. You know? And sometimes you do want to say that, right? Sometimes yes. you want to turn to your client and you want to say like, stop whining. You're paying me to teach you to do these things. Let's do them and do them well. Um, because yeah, you ultimately want to also motivate and, and give them that same mindset that you believe in them. And so just please believe in yourself every day. And you don't really have to say that you, because you lead by example, you know, you're not, 
you're not talking a lot of stuff. You're just, you're doing the stuff. And regardless if you had your gym, regardless if you were a personal trainer, you would still be training this way. This is how, this is what you've adopted for yourself and you're fostering it every day. So you're leading by example effectively to all these, these, these women that look up to you. And even I'm sure there's some men that look up to you too. Look up to your work ethic. Look up to your structure because people can knock it. But people need structure and they wish they had it when they don't have it. It's just one of those things that's hard to put in place. It is, yeah. I posted something on my stories recently and it really struck a chord with me. And it was, be the architect of your environment. If your environment isn't working for you, if it if it's, if it's an environment or, or a series of solutions that were created by someone else, it's not customized to you and your goals. If that means like I had to buy these organizers and put them in my fridge because I have to I have to cook for my kids, too. And so we have all this fun food in there, too, that I can't look at. I can't touch. So I organize my fridge so that I only see the top two shelves, which are my meal preps or my egg whites or whatever. And I needed to change be the architect of that environment. But I mean, you know, it, it goes deeper than that. It goes to what you're waking up to every day. Are you waking up to you know, a sound that's, um, calming, relaxing, motivating, um, or are you waking up to a buzzer and like a bark, a a dog barking or, or a car honking and, and you're automatically like put into this stress, this fight or flight mode, do, do the things and change your environment so that you feel your best every day. And if it's your training time, maybe you, maybe you like to train in the morning, you're going to have to wake up a little bit earlier for that. Mm. You're going to have to adapt your environment and go to bed earlier so that you feel good you feel better and over time you're going to thank yourself for changing your environment and it's those practices are not so easily put in place for people because it's so much easier said than done and i know it looks good on paper but then when you actually implement them in real time and you have to actually take action it's a whole different story and you really see what people are made of or how serious they are with this specific goal that they have and so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's something that they have to be willing. People have to be willing to just, to just not be so cozy and not mm-hmm. feel like they not feel so secure in where they're at because really where they're at right now is, is presenting the problem. And that's why they're with you. Or with another trainer, they're they're they've clearly created problems for themselves that they can't get themselves out of, which is why they're seeking professional help in terms of a trainer. So when you're telling them this is what you have to do, like sure we can do we can skin this cat multiple ways here, and we all kind of it all blended the same goal or result rather. But it's like a lot of this is going to just be pure, simple, unadulterated action on your part. That's it. Do you have what it takes to just do that? Cause you need to do that. You need to just, you need to not hit snooze. You need to, you need to actually show up and train hard or work out whatever you want to, however you want to, you know, use the terminology. Cause some people are intimidated by the word train and they want to hear the word workout, you know, like, but you have to do it hard with intent, you know, and some people, you just have to let them go. 
because some people just don't know. They don't have that button in them that you can push. They don't have that. They don't have that, that, that capability. And everybody's fitness journey looks a little different, I guess. But when somebody's coming to you and they want to be competitive or they want to do a major transformation, it's like at some point you just have to say, look, man, Sesame street is gone. This is what it is. You have to do this and you can't complain about it because if you complain, you're going to be realizing this is not where you want to be. You're not, you're not going to be putting these things in practice and actually indoctrinating them like they need to be. They need to be behaviors. Mm -hmm. They need to be your life. Now, if you want to see this actually come to fruition, Mm -hmm. what do you tell people when they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. And like a woman, why I don't want to do that. You know, and there's, I just let people know there's various levels of commitment and you can achieve this goal in three months. You can achieve this goal in six months or nine months. And, and that pace is going to be up to you. The level intensity is going to be up to you. Or maybe you, you're fine where you're at. And maybe, maybe I'm not the trainer for them. And that's okay too. Because I want everyone to get the solution that they need that's right for them. And um, I do have other trainers that I'd refer out to and I'm happy to do so because I know that the trainer is going to enjoy applying the knowledge that they know helping this person and that that person is going to get the solution they need. Um, I love training people that are 100% committed and they come to me and they're like, okay, I'm all in. Mm. You, you tell me to, to jump and I'm going to jump. You know, you tell me to eat three raspberries instead of five. I'm eating three raspberries. And because it does take that, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle day in, day out. And I, I haven't veered too far off the, off the pattern for the last four years. Well, so it's a long time. That is a long time. And, and tell me, because you mentioned lifestyle. So tell me about what a day in the life looks like for Lindsay. Like when I, when I say that, I mean, not necessarily activities. What do you eat start to finish? It's funny that people in 2022 are still so into what you eat. We're still talking about diet. It's the same thing for most people, but for people listening, (laughs) they're going to get a, they're going to get a kick out of this. I can, I can already presuppose what you eat because it's likely the same shit I eat, but just a little bit less or a little bit more depends. But it's like people that are listening. They're also, it's the same reason why people watch mukbang videos. You, you know what people look like when they eat, but you want to see the person eat because it does something to you psychologically. Mm -hmm. And so you may tell me some of the things that I'm already presupposing you already, you already eat or you eat regularly, but it's like to somebody on the other end, when they hear that, they're like, you eat that. And you never know. It might spark an interest for them to do the same thing. So interesting. We need to hear it. Yeah. That's, that's a good perspective. Um, usually I start my day with a protein shake. Um, and right now it's, you know, some type of chocolate flavored protein with ice. I blend it. I used to just do protein powder and water and I don't know. I just need something more now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That ice does it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs) It really does. Um, and for breakfast, egg whites, I think that's my favorite meal of the day. Egg whites and white rice. In, in a large quantity too you need the extra large, extra large bowl for 10 egg whites um and half a cup of white rice and it's all you know and, and just so everyone listening understands it's all very measured out i use a food scale 
Um, I weigh and measure my carbs and there's, there's very little off the, the plan eating here. You know, it's, it's very regimented. So, you know, lunch, lunch and dinner and last meal are probably going to look the same, <laughs> very similar. So a protein, it could be chicken. It could be tilapia. It could be salmon. If I'm adding more fats to my diet, it could be, um, 99% lean ground Turkey. Um, those are, those are my main sources of protein and, a vegetable because I like volume so I'll do you know like a big salad um, or if I'm not you know if I'm not feeling the volume I'll do like asparagus or broccolini that's what's been in my meal preps lately um, or green beans it's a good standard and a carb and so I'm just adding either rice to that or oatmeal or rice cakes um, or English muffin the last year I've added English muffins in my diet I'm like really enjoying that Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's different. Yeah, different than what I've been eating in the past. When I first started this, because when you when you decide to get into this lifestyle um, and do competitive bodybuilding and you haven't done that before, your body's not used to um, staying lean. It's not used to that low fat diet. And, so, and you're used to eating whatever you want. It's not regimented to eat like, okay, meal one is at 7 a.m. Meal two is at 10. Meal three is at 1. Like every single day down to a science, you have this every two to three hours you have to eat, you know? Um, and part of that of course is, um, having your, your metabolic level be the same pretty much every single day. Um, your body gets used to what, um, energy system, you know, your energy system that you're using, your body gets used to, um, the intake so that you can also um, perform well you know that's what that's what food becomes anyways your relationship with food changes and instead of food becoming something that's maybe social it used to be like okay let's go out and grab pizza or let's go out for sushi you know it's more of like a social thing or um, culturally you know enjoying food with your family and cooking for them and maybe that's how some people share um, their love and, and nurturing and I, and I'm all for all that. Um, but my relationship with food is now food is fuel and I eat for a purpose. I eat so that I can train at my, um, greatest potential. And that can, uh, you know, that can be very draining in terms of a lifestyle, right? Cause we just want to let loose sometimes. When I say we, I mean, I'm not on the same level as you, but I bodybuild and we, I understand competing, etc. We want to let loose. I don't think people understand. We can't. It's like we're in prison. Our minds are imprisoning us because we think, and it's definitely a dysfunction. And it's one that we've created our, our, on our own, all on our own. Yeah. It's a, it's in some people's regard, it's a healthy dysfunction to have. But it's not a good relationship with food. It's not. However you dice it. So, but it's one that we have to have because if we do not have it, we don't want to see where this thing goes as an alternative. We don't want to see what our bodies would turn into if we let off the reins a little bit. We just don't because we're too glued to that identity. And some can see it as, well, this is superficial. It's much more than superficial at the end of the day. 
It's much more mental, I would argue, than superficial. Superficial is, the, is what happens as a byproduct of being mentally focused and not being mentally weak to certain foods. It's mm-hmm. just what happens is about you end up looking the part. You end up changing your body as a result of you not being mentally weak. And so, yes, the fun size Snickers candy is not going to affect you. It's 50 calories. You could burn that with like a, what, 15 minute walk. But the fact of the matter is that's creating a weakness now because you gave in. So it's now about the weakness. It's not about the calories. And that weakness is going to can or potentially can propagate itself down the line into other things that lend themselves to unfavorable circumstances. So that's what you're saying no to. You're saying no to the weakness. You're not saying no to the calories. And that's the thing that brings me to like a Thanksgiving or Christmas because I'm sure your family gives or did rather because this is what happened with my family. They give me shit for not eating. Or bringing my 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 Tupperware to the the party or what have you. So it's like you probably combat it very differently than I did. You know, what do you say to your family or your friends when they want to feed you, and you're at this gathering and you bring your Tupperware or you just don't eat in general? Do you say? And it's not. By the way, this is not competing season. This is not on season, right? You're off season, but still, you know that the temptation that's there, if you even go to attend, right? Right. The temptation is there to not just eat. You wouldn't just eat a little bit. You would eat. You wouldn't just like eat, you know, a couple of things. You're not satisfied at that point because again, the relationship is different with food, right? We want to like eat and have a cheat meal. So if you're not going to do that, you're not going to eat at all, right? Pretty much. That's the kind of how I am at least. What happens in terms of conversation? Like how does conversation exchange with you and your family? Do they just know now? And if they do, what did they act like before when this was new to Lindsay? And you know, this is something that Lindsay is embarking on. This is a new journey for her. And this is this is something that she's pursuing full fledged. How do they how did they interact with you about the the specific foods you would eat or not eat? You know, my family is very supportive. They're very, very supportive, very loving, very understanding. And, you know, they might make a joke here or there about it. But in the beginning, they understood. They really did. They go, okay, you know, we're supportive of that. We understand. There's no pressure. You know, my, actually, I I just, I have a great family. I have to be honest with you. I love my family, Justin. Shout out to my fam. My brothers, Matthew Austin, my sister, Ashley. I come from a pretty, um, you know, I have a decent amount of siblings. There are four of us and all just goal getters. They're crushing it. And, um, you know, they, they didn't really pressure me. It's, it is, it's hard to do. We would do birthdays at my mom's house and, um, you know, to, to celebrate with everyone and just go, no, I, I'm not going to touch that cake. I'm not going to, I'm going to tempt myself there. That's just playing with fire. It is. It really is. And, but that's what it takes to beat the level that you want to be on. You have to make sacrifices. Yeah, you have to you have to say no, and it's about the willpower more than anything else. It's not about the, you know, two hundred calories, whatever. It's about the willpower, and it's sometimes if I know that my reserves are low and I just don't have a lot of energy and my mind isn't as strong as as I need it to be in that moment, I will say no, thank you. I can't go to that social function, and it's a bummer, you know, but. Um, 
you have to make some sacrifices also if you want to remain at that level. That's what this life is about, right? Choices and trade-offs and Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, by extension means sacrificing certain goods for what the future is going to bring you, you know, Mm -hmm. goods momentarily, right? For what the future can bring you. If you hadn't have been that way, you would have never received your pro card. If you hadn't have trained the way you train and actually flirted with danger in your training sessions every day, because people don't understand that that's what it takes. You need to flirt with danger a little bit. You just have to. And if you don't, you'll leave a lot on the table. You leave a lot of your character on the table. What could be, what could cert, what could actually be created or, or, or evolved from in terms of your character, your mindset. If you don't flirt with danger a little bit, you just got to flirt with danger a little bit. And when you're at the elite level, I think you flirt with danger a lot often, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't take much to set us back or to set. I don't mean us cause I'm not on your level. I don't mean, I mean, it doesn't take much to set you back. It takes a, a very uh, innocuous injury mm-hmm. to, to really just put you behind even a, a couple of months. But the funny thing is, is when you go in and train, even though you're present and you're, you're mindful of your, your movement mechanics, anything can happen, but you still don't think that way. Nobody thinks that way. That's, that's, that's sidestepping when you're trying to forward step. It doesn't make any sense. And you don't have that mindset, right? No. And in fact, you have to see yourself doing something before you do it. You have to see yourself crossing that finish line. You have to see yourself. And I mean, visualizations are powerful and they do work. If you want to achieve a goal, close your eyes and see your future self achieving that goal. What does that look like? What does that feel like? You know, how are you going to feel after you achieve that goal? What's going to be your next goal? And just stay hungry. And you don't, you're in the moment training. You're right. If you, um, let's say you're doing um, a dumbbell bench press and you're, you tweak your wrist and now, whoa, okay, now you're going to hyperextend your left arm behind your body um, for whatever reason. And um, yeah, that could, you could have a tear, you can have a strain. Um, there's a lot that could happen and go wrong when you're pushing some pretty heavy weights. So you just, you just try to be smart, you know, you, but it's almost worth it, right? Like the, it sounds yeah. stupid to say, but it's, and in the moment, if you ask anybody who is very, um, hard headed with bodybuilding, it doesn't matter that there's a potential for strain. You're going to try your best to obviously mitigate that risk in how you lift, but it's, it's not something that they think about. They just think about completing it. And that's the funny thing. It's like, that's the, that's the whole, their whole mindset. It's after I complete it. It's not, what if I don't complete it? It's after I complete the set and I drop the, okay, then it's done. You don't think about, I could get injured during this, but I'm going to try it anyways. It's not like that. You just, you do your, you do your best and you realize once I get this done, once it's done, it's done. Like a heavy set of squats, a heavy deadlift. Once it's done, it's done. I just got to amp myself up right now. Mm-hmm. I got to get zoned in right now. I got to mm-hmm. keep brace and keep tight right now. And then once it's done, it's done. We don't think about what if. Yeah. And that's the big one for people. It's like, you know, if you're on the trajectory, the what if doesn't exist. It's all about 
completion, right? You have clients, I'm sure. And I like these clients that they say, they talk a lot about what they want. They talk a lot about, well, I'm going to, the big thing for in my, in my past has been once I get to the stage, they build up the stage to be this, this, like this, I don't know, cloud in heaven, almost like when I get to the stage, everything's for the stage. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Your journey to that means everything, right? It's not the stage. It's not when I step on stage. It's, it's what are you doing now? You're talking a lot of shit. You're posting a lot of pictures, but I don't see your fucking body changing. So what are you really saying to yourself? You just have this kind of, this kind of, um, dream that's kind of floating around. It's like, even if you get there, it's not that big of a deal that you got there. What happened when you got there? Did you place? Did you come in dead last? Cause you were deconditioned and you looked like shit and you got, and you shouldn't step on stage at all. Cause your body fat was too high. It's like, I see a lot of people with an almost like imposter syndrome or posing rather. They just pose a lot and they pose for the gram. They Sorry. pose, they, they, they talk a lot of, they talk a lot of the mess because they want people to see that this is what they're doing. It's like real, real competitors or real people that are actually serious about this. I don't know many that post their progress or post a gym pic or post. They just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You just work. Cause that's just, that's your life. You just work and that's all you know how to do is just, okay, wake up and grind, wake up and grind. Let's go. And you're right. There, there is a lot of talk. There's, I'm so not a talk, like, you know, just, um, a person that's just going to have, let's just have a conversation about something. Let's just like, in theory, let's see if, no, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, like going back to failure is not an option. And even if you do fail, you're still going to grow because you're going to learn something from it. Amen. That's the thing I like about you the most. And I respect about you the most because there's a lot of, um, people that are in our local area that, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I see them on my Instagram or Facebook and they, they, they do a lot of posting and they do a lot of showboating. But when it comes down to it, it's not really, it's not really put into practice. It's just, it's just something that they like to talk about. They like to, they like to just run the, the part for the people on Instagram. But when it comes to actually doing the work, they're not there. They're just not there. And for those of you who are listening, which is, I don't know why I keep saying that. Cause all you do is listen to this. There's no get filming a, a video feed on here. Yeah. We need to get a video sometime. <laughs> Um, Lindsay's standing up because she's got Charlie horses in her legs or something. Her knees are hurting because she trained legs. And the reason why she, this is hurting is because she trained legs hard. It's not, she just went in there and did some extensions and light leg press and some walking lunges and called it good. She trained hard. And that's the reason why she's sort of debilitated right now. (laughs) I can still walk. (laughs) She can still walk, but barely. But the thing is, is that that's another reason why I respect her. 
and I admire her approach and I admire her her whole perspective on training and, and even her client, how she approaches certain clients. It's very rare that you find people like that that not only are like-minded and adopt the same dysfunctional practices that maybe you adopt, but it's like they still have a balanced perspective when it comes to others because it's not just what they know in their wheelhouse that that they like to promulgate to other people. They fi- find and provide a solution to others where they're at. And that's what you do really, really well. I mean, I see it on Instagram. I see it on your Facebook. And that's one thing that most pe- most trainers don't do. They just only do what they're comfortable in doing. And they're not really versatile. And they don't really, because they're not comfortable in being versatile, right? Sure. But you're, you're structured in the way that you are with bodybuilding because that's what serves you best. But you also are very respective of other people and their journeys and where they are in in their life and in their fitness journey and in their walk, etc. And you provide things that fit their psychological profiles to where they're going to help them to be better. Because that's really right. It's all about being better, just a little bit better than you were yesterday. Yeah. And, And that's so true. Every day is an opportunity to be better than you were yesterday. And it doesn't have to be... You know, for me, it is it is in bodybuilding, and I try. You know, if I could improve, in, it might even be like a, a less than one percent improvement, but it's still forward progress. You know, and it, it could be in anything. Um, I know that I can be more present in some of my relationships. So for me, you know, in my personal life, that's what I'm focusing on when it's not the gym, because it is. It takes a lot of hours spent, it, and some people see it as selfish too. Um, the lifestyle that I lead because I do I spend a lot of time in in the gym and I joke I'm like okay you know if I didn't if I didn't open a gym you know if I wasn't already at the gym if I wasn't you know if my profession wasn't in a gym I don't know if I could do this because it takes that amount of time when you say relationships elaborate on that um you know I have I have two little girls they're 11 and 13 and I need to be present for them because I am, I'm a single mom and I'm their full-time care provider and they have great relationships with their dads and they spend time with them. Um, but you know, Monday through Friday, the consistency is mom and I need to be present. My favorite time is actually when I pick them up from school because that's our time. I don't, it's very rare that that hour gets disrupted. You know, I get to, first I pick up my older daughter. Um, she's going to school in Los Alamos right now. And um, I enjoy that drive with her. It's a little bit out of town. So we have more time, just she and I, you know, catching up and talking about what's going on in her relationships and how I can provide her with counsel or any questions she has or just, you know, just connecting. And then we pick up my 11 year old and just th- the three of us to have that uninterrupted time. You know, and, and sometimes it, it kills me. Sometimes I do have to take a call. Sometimes I do have to, you know, make a stop to pick something up and it's you know, a little disruptive to our time. Or sometimes, you know, they have to um, get rides home with, with a friend or something. And um, I just really appreciate the support that they've given me, really. 
it, it just goes both ways. You know, I, I support their endeavors and try to lead the best example that I can for them, especially as a woman. Um, and then their understanding of my sacrifice and going, okay, yep, it's okay, mom. I know that, um, you know, we can, we can make mac and cheese tonight. I know you're going to be at the gym until nine. <laughs> That's cool. But they it think about cool. it. Yeah. They're like <laughs> that cool. self-servant, right? Yeah. That's cool. Um, when, when you started, when you started this journey, your kids were what, seven and 11. Is that what it was? Yeah. So did you explain to them going into it? This is going to kind of be what you see of your mom. Like, this is what I'm going to be eating. This is, or did it kind of just kind of manifest itself along the way because, or materialize rather itself along the way as you started to delve deeper, deeper into bodybuilding, your pursuit of bodybuilding. We've been pretty holistic, you know, in my household. Um, I won't say that um, it's a hundred percent of the time, but I definitely have, have led a pretty healthy lifestyle as far as like, what we eat as a family, um, and you know, the, the different environments and, and hobbies that we pursue are all pretty active. Um, we just, before this, uh, before sitting down with you today, Justin, we went to the beach for four hours and we're walking, we're taking our walks, we're digging in the sand, we're active. We're not just sitting there because that's just, we just love to be active. And, um, yeah. Wait, re- repeat your question one time. I'm just, I'm, I'm just so like, well, let's let, I want to branch off know, from there. Just, actually just reflecting on how, what a great day I had with my I kids. I love it. Yeah. I love, well, actually when you showed up, you were, you seemed pretty elated, you know, and you, and you also seem calm, you know, you seem real like at ease and, um, most, well, I shouldn't say most, sometimes, uh, people are, are sort of nervous when they when they know they're going to get on the mic or they know they're going to be recorded or what have you um but you i, I want to talk about the beach because i know this is on people's minds i'm sure when you're at the beach and you look as different as you do in terms of your physique compared to everybody else there's not a woman on the beach that looks like you i can almost presuppose that especially at our beach in was Abler or pismo so do you get reactions from people or do they even come up do they come to you when they talk to you about your physique i mean how does that kind of role play you know most people are pretty respectful yeah i think it's it's not necessarily at the beach the beach is actually just most people are respectful um you know a lot of times i'm with my kids so we're interacting with other families um, making friends i'll bring my dog to the beach we're talking meeting dog owners playing with other dogs you know, there's other stuff going on. It's not, I'm not in this like spotlight position, right? Um, I get more um, looks, comments, questions, feedback when I go train out of town, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't get that a lot for some reason when I go to the gyms I go to at, here in town, which is fine. Um, and when I'm, when I'm traveling to other cities, and it's more of like an urban environment mm. and that's where I'll get, and it's, and it's usually women. It's usually women. They're just like, Oh my God, those arms, you know, or, or, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, how do I get a body like that? Or, you know, just these, what do you tell them? I let them know what I do. You know, I'm, I compete in bodybuilding and, um, I'm also a certified personal trainer. And so, um, 
I train a lot. <laughs> I let them know I train a lot. And I, I joke about it too. I go, you don't want to know what I eat for breakfast. Or you you don't even want to know what um, my my daily intake of calories, like what that looks like on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, most of the time it's just like you want to tell them this is, it's so simple, it's stupid. Like my <laughs> life is so simple, it's stupid. <laughs> It just requires you saying no and saying yes to other things, like no to certain things and yes to other things because mm-hmm. you got kids. So I know that there's, I mean, to some degree, I'm sure you put some yummy foods in the kitchen, right? Or in the, in the, for them. But it's like, I'm because you're in, you're centered around health. You're also going to be health conscious and giving them certain health, healthy foods instead as well. But if I had kids and my wife was going to grocery store. I'm sure she'd buy yummy stuff and there'd be things in the cabinet. And actually right now there are things in the cabinet for me, but they're only there for cheat meal days. Right. I only touch them on cheat meal days yeah. or cheat, which is a Sunday. And it's like, you have that and you have it staring at you. You made it, you made a mention that you have the only two top shelves to look at when you go, but I, you know, you're not a, you're not, you're, you're not, uh, it's not like it's not in the forefront of your brain. I know where the good foods are at, you know, you know, but what stops you is your discipline. Right. I just can't have it. Right. And it's funny that you say it. it's very simple actually, cause it is. And it's just bodybuilding as a sport. Yes. There's a level intensity. Yes. There's a, there's a level I think of mental willpower that you really have to be focused and, and there's not a lot of room to um, exercise flexibility in your intake as, as well as your training. You know, if you don't, if you go, ah, I don't feel like training today, I'm just going to take today. You don't get that day back. You don't get those hours back. You don't get that session back. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to just skip this cardio because I did 10 minutes extra this morning. Or you justify whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you start justifying self, that stuff to yourself, that's when it's like, uh-oh. Okay, you you better go go back to who you know you are. Go back to your purpose of why you're doing this. You know, just um, <laughs> going back to the simplicity of it, though, right? It is simple. You can eat the anyone can eat the same foods every single day. You know, every, anyone can decide like, okay, well, I'm going to stick to this uh, training split over time and you know, be consistent, right? If you have the willpower and the consistency, it's there. It doesn't require, you know, you're not, um, the winter Olympics are on right now. Ice skating seems so difficult. Like that is challenging. You need advanced technique for that to bench press a barbell. You don't need that much advanced technique. Honestly, you don't, but you know, if you are determined and you are strong-willed and you are not going to stop you you, did, you can pursue this sport as far as you want yeah the the fact that you give yourself that option it's like okay so if i say if you have if you have somebody that is trying to we talked about this before transform their body and or they're on the pursuit of bodybuilding. They want to get, they want to compete. And you're saying, well, I, you're justifying. Like if they were justifying not doing a cardio session or skipping a meal and or doing anything that re- that required them to not stay on their structured path, like 
abdicating themselves from certain things that would otherwise keep them in structure and line. It's like at some point you're saying you missed that. You missed the opportunity to be better. And people don't see it that way. They just, because they give into the weakness and you're saying that they need to go back to realize why they're doing this in the first place. What was their, what was their vision, their pursuit in the first place? They're not going to want to go back there. The point is you have to go back there. If this is something that you want to pursue, you want to be your best at, then you have to go back there. Even when you don't want to go back there. When I say go back there, I mean, you have to go to that mindset where you do the thing you're supposed to do, regardless of how you feel, period. You get it done, you complete it, you move on. And that is something that some people just don't have and it can't be taught. No. You can you can look at a, a number of different YouTube motivational videos. You can read all the Instagram memes that are insp- that are that are inspirational, but if you don't just employ it and apply action in that regard, you won't really do it. You just have to, you can't be taught it. You can't go to a seminar and learn from Tony Robbins how to do this. I mean, sure, he can give you tools and shit, but at the same time, you just have to put the nose to the grindstone, even if you don't like it. That's it. That's why we talk about it's so simple. It's stupid. (laughs) There's really no other magic to it. It's just doing it. It's, it is, it's the, it's the act of doing, it's the act of doing and getting yourself out of that behavior cycle where you're justifying not taking action. You know, how, how do so many people get stuck in that cycle of inaction? What, what is that? What do you think it is? Like, I'm, Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. They don't have high enough standards for themselves. So they allow themselves to do less than because they don't think highly of themselves. Right. They don't have a high set of standards and they don't operate in that and to that level of standard that they should otherwise operate in how maybe other people see them or how God sees them. If they're religious, you know, it's, or how their parents see them. If they have loving parents, it's like, you don't really set these standards for yourself. So you always come up short where you could otherwise excel at the end of the day. Definitely. You don't have good standards. You don't have high enough standards. And then these standards, these little standards present themselves as behaviors that you, that you operate in. Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, you've cultivated this level of mediocrity around you that isn't what you want, but then you don't know how to dig yourself out. Yeah. That's scary. I don't want to be there ever. You're not. I mean, mediocrity can exist with people that have discipline and have work ethic and are willing to go do things out of in vain, even if they don't equate to ROI, positive ROI at the end of the day, you know, you're displaying that when you do reps on reps or volume where it's unnecessary, where it's like, we use analogy, you've beaten the horse up. It's done. It's dead. It's why you keep hitting it in the eye with a baseball bat. And that's effectively what you're doing when you do reps on reps, more volume, add more sets. It's like, it's already, the muscles already to the point where it's exhausted, it's broke down. Anything more is actually worsening your physiological environment for recovery, etc. So it's like, why do it? Because my brain told me to fucking do one more. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to only feel good about myself mm-hmm. if I go 
with that dysfunction instead. If I, if I apply action towards that dysfunction, even though I know it's probably worse for me, I'm not going to debate it. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see we'll find out if I'm worse afterwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's true. You're, you're ultimately proving it to yourself. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's the best part of life. It took me, I think until my thirties to really take ownership, extreme ownership of all of my actions and understand that, you know, I'm the only one living my life. I am accountable to myself at the end of the day. I only have myself to look at, um, as far as where I am in my goals with my relationships, I have myself to blame. That's actually a big scare tactic for, for, for a lot of people that are in this position. I don't want to blame myself for something I could have done better at. Right. I don't want to blame my, I don't want to be being that I'm the sole responsible party here. I don't want to be at the end of the day when I'm laying myself down in my bed, <laughs> taking blame for something that I could have made better. Right. Those what ifs at the end of the day will eat away at you like nothing else. You don't, you they don't should. Leave. Yeah. They should. Exactly. But to some people, they don't have high standards. They don't. They let them go. What if? Ah, well, fuck it. Ah, well, too many fuck it's put you in a very disparaging position in life. And it's one that cultivates itself over time. It's not something that you see acutely. It's over the chronic end of months and years of treating yourself this way. And really, you're just belittling yourself along the way to where now you don't think highly of yourself. And because of that, it it's emulated in your posture. It's emulating your conversation. Mm-hmm. It's emulated how you, how you, uh, how you conversate with people, etc. Like it's just people and people can pick up on that. And then what happens is people don't want to be around that because they see you as just a, 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 a really down and maybe a depressed type of person. And what goes along with that are the behaviors of what you consume, how you treat your body. And then all those things are just constantly perpetuating themselves into other worse behaviors in life. Yeah, I like to operate with a growth mindset. You know, anything is possible. There's no limitations. You just keep pushing the boundaries. It's fun. Honestly, it's liberating, right? To know like, okay, great. I can do better. Yeah, it's hard for some people to push boundaries. Yeah. But it's, I mean, there are days where you probably don't want to do anything, right? <laughs> Yeah, the last, I'd say the last six, well, the last four weeks of a prep are really, really mentally challenging. And I think last year was um, more challenging than other years because, for, for one, opening the gym. I think that was very challenging. Um, and then also figuring out, you know, I'm still, at the end of the day, like I love this sport. I love bodybuilding. I love my profession, my clients, my community. At the end of the day, what's most important to me are my two little girls and how their life is affected, right? And so I still have to make time for their activities, their sports, their we're in Girl Scouts, you know, whatever th- commitments that they have to make. I'm not going to say, oh, you can't do that because mom has to train. <laughs> no. 
no way. So opening the gym, raising my daughters, it was just a lot going on um, last year to make sure I met the demands of what the sport requires. Um, but I mentally proved to myself that I did it. I can. So now it's like, great. <laughs> See how far you can go this year. Yeah. And that challenge is something that you willingly adopt. Like we all have to willingly adopt challenges in order to see what we're made of and how far we can take this thing. Because the truth is none of us really know what we're made of until we're faced with challenges and obstacles and we have to overcome them. And that's why I was so fascinated with your journey leading up to the becoming a pro and what, what your mindset was going into the different, you know, the, the, the pre-contest stage rather in in terms of like the on season and and the weeks prior to the show like those are things that i'm fascinated with because it's showcasing me a a a little bit of your character and how you approach things and i you know i can presuppose that it's probably the same as most people most competitors but maybe it's different for you you know in the fact that you have two little girls and you have to juggle that and be mom and that's, that's fucking tough. I'm sure. And so when you're saying like, I'm never going to tell my kids, well, mom has to train. So you can't do that. Or, I can't be there or whatever. You're just going to readjust your training. You're going to train at a different time and that's mm-hmm. fine. You're not going to skip the training. You're just going to train at a different time. Mm-hmm. Right. But most people would use that as an excuse to just, oh, I can't train because I have to go with my kids. I have to do my kids thing, which is a perfectly valid excuse. But you're leaving one major component on the table, you and your growth and what you could have been, what you could have done rather to be better. And that's very important. People put a pejorative on that. It's like, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, it's not just one workout. It's not just one workout. It's you letting yourself down. And this goes back to you not having high enough standards for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what this all levies on. You didn't have high enough standards for yourself. You don't hold yourself to a high enough value and standard. And it's funny because most people I, that, that seemingly on Instagram put themselves out there as if they do, mm-hmm. they do hold themselves. To it. It's not actually applied in real life. And you can see why, because they never, ever attain the goal that they said they set out to do. They never attain it. I've seen a lot of people this happen to. And it's like you are clearly have only yourself to blame for this. But that in and of itself is a, is, is, is a travesty. Why would you want to blame yourself for something that you knew? you Well, you didn't know, but you had full capability of doing you have all your limbs you're healthy you're mentally sound we are we are so blessed to be you know and i don't want this to come off as like this is like the best place to live and and this everything's so fruitful and we have all these opportunities here um but but truly it's a luxury to be able to spend time training are you kidding me I get to actually take take the time that I have in the day and I get to spend that lifting weights, doing what I love, even if it's tough. And some days, you know, are, I'm dragging and so tired, you know, on four hours of sleep or, you know, way too much caffeine, whatever. I still do it. I still get it done. I still feel amazing after because that's just part of my goal. That's just part of like what I do. That's my lifestyle. But how lucky are we to be in this environment? 
where we, that's a choice. That's a choice every single day being an American. It's, it's amazing. It is. Most people don't ever live up to or adopt that specific ideology because they just stay in, in comfort and they stay in things that, that are only serving to them to be at a ground level, not to elevate any higher than that ground level. And it doesn't take much to just do what you need to do to get by. Mm -hmm. But what happens is because you're just doing that, you're foregoing any, any potential pursuits along the way that would otherwise invoke meaning in you and would supercharge your, your passion for whatever said thing you're doing. And you would see a different version of yourself come out if you had that pursuit and you just didn't, you just didn't, you know, facilitate on a, on a ground level just to basic stuff like being like expressing gratitude. You know, that, and that's what I'm sharing with you right now. How grateful I am to, to live where I live and, and be born um, where I was born. The Central Coast is, is amazing. Why, why aren't more of us outside running, walking, surfing, kayaking, being active, um, pursuing something that, who knows, you might love it, you might enjoy it. You know, but just that's, that's such a simple thing that each one of us can do without anyone else um, maybe encouraging it or showing us how we, we, we all know how to express gratitude. Basic stuff. Why do you think people don't do it though? Why do you think people forget about that? I think, you know what? I think uh, mainstream society doesn't support that. I think mainstream society really supports the superficial and supports the ego and, you know, supports kind of what you're saying. Oh, show off on Instagram and let's talk about, you know, every, all these things that you want to be, but, oh, it's, it's okay if you're not actually succeeding at accomplishing that goal. That's okay. Because you appear that way. And because, you know, your, um, your, your talk game is, is really good. You know, it's, it's more than the superficial. It's you, I don't know why I don't know why people get so caught up in in the outer version of themselves because you have to you have to mentally commit to it internally for it to express itself externally. Mm. I like that. People forego the fact that they're they have these different things that like their limbs, like their, like they take for granted. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know you're not going to wake up every day and be like, well, I'm so grateful. I have all my limbs. We take that for granted. We oh, just, yeah. that we wake up with all of our limbs, you know, but even the fact that we don't have a debilitating ailment, like a, or we have cancer or something like that, that they could really just lay you up and, and re and, and absolutely change your identity. Or how you function in life. Mm -hmm. And that's, we're all subject to that. None of us are immune to that happening. Mm -hmm. So every day that we have, and this isn't like me, you know, being a a tree hugging hippie or anything like that. Like, well, yeah, man, just, it's all love. Look, at the end of the day, we have these things that we could be grateful for 
that if we put those in perspective and those take a front seat, then that's the positive outlook that you can drive into every other every day with and the, the different things that you do in that day, mm-hmm. you know, but, but abandoning that is, is effectively abandoning a lot of things that make you who you are, right? In the fact that you're grateful to live here, grateful for the weather, grateful for your kids, that you have another day to be alive, that your mm-hmm. parents are alive, that, you know, people around you are loving, they're supportive. You have all your brother, you know, your family. I mean, all those things are massive wins that we don't put a precedence on because we just take them for granted because they're always been there and we think they're always going to be there, mm-hmm. but they might not. And the fact that we have another day with those people or with those you know, having all of our limbs and no debilitating ailments, that's a massive win. And so then that kind of sets a stage for anything we want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Really, because at any time we could be, we could, we're subject to something bad happening. We're subject to ourselves getting injured badly or getting a bad accident. Well, let's talk about the one that, um, just real quick, the one that none of us saw coming was COVID, right? So a lot of people allowed the government shutdowns and closures of certain things to really change their lifestyle. And they adopted this, oh, well, I can't do this because of COVID or I can't, you know, can't became a common term. And I just, that's so crazy. I... I had to, we all had to adapt, you know, right? So gyms were closed. What did you do? Did you, did you have to put up, you know, sort of like the, the paper in the windows or black out the windows and pretend like you were no longer helping people be healthy? Mm-hmm. That's so wild. Well, I had to shut down. I shut down for three months. And then in that time, um, I restaged the gym to have, you know, uh, sanitizing stations and, and, sure. uh, indicators on the floor of six feet apart, et cetera, et cetera. Indicators on the door that we're wearing masks, even though uh, we didn't. But um, the fact is um, we shut down for three months and then I, and then I reopened. And then from there, it just was never an issue. Right. We just had a different set of rules that you had to, okay, let me, let me adapt to play, play the game, right. To continue doing what we love to do to continue to help people be healthy, to continue. I still competed that year. <laughs> did you compete with, did you have to be, have masks backstage? Did they make you wear yeah. masks? Yes. Oh, they did. Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And then that's why the um, NPC and IFBB moved a lot of their shows to Arizona and Florida. We saw a lot of, I mean, Mr. Olympia was moved. It's always been in Las Vegas, Nevada, but they moved it to Orlando, Florida, um, to the Orange County Convention Center, because uh, Florida's rules on masking and mask enforcement were much more lenient and, and crowd gathering and so forth to be able to even hold an event that big. Yeah. It almost makes, it almost makes you toggle around the idea of possibly moving, you know, at least it did for me for, for a second, but I'm so anchored here that for me to move, it's going to have to be a substantial reason, not something that, just imposes a different demand on me or how to restructure my life that I can easily, you know, employ and, and, and be fine. You know, I'd have to like have a real good reason to move, you know, 
but I definitely did not play around. I did definitely did play around with that idea because, but in theory, it sounds easier, you know, to just, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move. But it's not that easy, especially when you have a brick and mortar in town. It's just not that easy. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the COVID thing is, is, uh, is, is a trip. And so, it's yeah, it's so people reframing use people it as a crutch, mm-hmm. right? You know why? Because of COVID. Well, okay, I understand. You know now you have to, maybe you have to wear a mask. Like I would see you in Fitness Nineteen, and we have to wear a mask, and it's like, okay, I, I don't. This is not my preferred way to train, but these are the rules of of the environment, and I still want to go use their hack squat. So <laughs> there I am, the mask on. I mean, you know, nobody's putting a put, placing a pejorative on COVID. It, it is a serious, it is a serious sickness for those that get it and cannot handle it. Of There's, course. you know, it's very, it's very bad for some people, and I've I've witnessed it in real time with these okay. some people. It's like it's not a, it's not a little cold here. This is like a real debilitating sickness that they have. But pens, it's all subjective on the person to the person rather. It's not everybody reacts the same way to the to the virus, mm-hmm. but to those that have the virus and are effective, or I'm sorry, are are cannot handle it, and their bodies cannot cannot fight it off, or it takes a lot for them to fight it off. I mean, it's it puts them in dire circumstances, and so nobody's you know discounting. No, I don't want to take away the, from, the, from the serious or totally. severity of of what you know could happen if you did get COVID and, and there was no rhyme or reason, right. For who was affected or who wasn't affected, but don't let that be something that stops you from pursuing your goals. Don't let that be another excuse. Don't let that, you know, Oh, COVID. So you're going to spend nine months on the couch, uh, binge watching Netflix and door dashing your meals. (laughs) Like, No. Well, that's, that's keeping them worse. Like they're not actually getting (laughs) what they need to, which is exercise, which Mm -hmm. is eating healthier, which is, you know, movement, sunlight, vitamin D. They need those things to actually have a stronger immune system. So when they're, when the stay in house order came, it's like, that's the worst thing we could do. Mm -hmm. We need to start talking about how to get people healthier so that when they do get the virus, they easily eradicate it you know, or they, 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 they pass it. So that the fact is that wasn't what was promulgated in, in, in mainstream media, social, etc. And so it's still not the thing that's promulgated. So that's a problem. And that's, that's something that, you know, it should not take away from your goals. I understand being cautious, but I do not understand being fearful. Mm-hmm. The only way that I would be fearful of something like a virus would be if this were a flesh eating bacteria that like was going to eat my face. You know yeah. what I mean? Like then I'm fucking staying inside. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going <laughs> to be more OCD than I already am. Yeah, maybe like Ebola, bubonic plague. <laughs> right. Yeah. And again, we're not placing a, uh, you know, we're not discounting this virus for what it is. Definitely not. So, but the fact that is that what you're saying is true. We shouldn't just abandon our goals or abandon our pursuits because of the world changing. Look, we're in the, we're in the middle of a sort of a revolution here, like a revolutionary time. We just don't understand it yet because we're not, 
we're not going back into the years and say, well, that, that happened in the textbooks. You know, we're living out what they're going to be putting in textbooks if we still have textbooks years from now. And, but we're living it. So it's just something that we only see as a daily, it's a part of our daily procedure. And, but, but the fact is we still need to stay on the pursuit, the purpose that we have. Because if we forego that, then we forego our identity. We forego what God's trying to do in our life. If again, you're religious and you believe in God, that's why I say that. But it's like, it's major and it's, and it can be a major deterrent if you're not careful, you know, so I'm all for being cautious, but I'm also all for you getting healthy and staying healthy and eating the right foods and taking the right supplements. And, you know, in terms of, uh, supplements in terms of vitamins, minerals, etc., probiotics, but not being fearful. Yeah. You know, it was funny, the stay at home order. Um, a lot of us got to know our neighbors a little bit better. You know, we got to see, you know, what their daily habits were like, or, um, you know, when, when we were home more often, who else is home and, um, it really invoked a sense of community with others that were around me. And that's where it all started for me was at home. I invited other people into my home. I converted my garage to a fitness studio. That's really where Oak and Iron got its roots. And at one point during the stay at home orders and all the closures in um, 2020, I think it was like mid 2020 when, cause the kids were out of school already. So it was, I think it was after June. Um, we were trained, I was training a client and we were finishing up and, you know, my garage is open cause we had done like battle ropes out in the driveway. I mean, like it was like a, a full on studio. <laughs> I had a leg press in my garage. I never thought <laughs> I'm huge. Yeah. Um, I looked down the street and there were three other homes where they had their garage doors open and they were training and they were encouraging either their spouse or their kids or you know another neighbor was with them and it was just so cool it was so cool to see maybe they were doing this before COVID but in that little community we were definitely feeding off of each other we were definitely on this path to continue to stay healthy you know yes exercise caution but stay healthy and encourage um, everyone else around us to to do the same that's important and uh, and look i mean people if we just put a precedence on healthier foods walking healthy cons- or a, 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 a good consumption of water every day good sleep hygiene supplementing with vitamins and minerals you'd be so much better people you'd just be so much better and you would feel better and as a part of you feeling better you would be able to exude better in terms of your, just your interaction with people. You would feel more confident. You'd have a heightened self-esteem. Your posture would be probably better, I'm assuming, especially if you were resistance trained. So it's like all these things, they tether into you being a better individual. But when you forego those things or you think that they're not so important and you stay in fear, but then you just never really, you never really prosper and you never, you're never, you're never able to show people what you're really, who you really could be. And that's a, that's a bummer. That's just a bummer. Yeah. I think on some level, we all want to be high functioning. You know, we all want to function at our, our best potential. 
And, you know, sometimes we get confused of, of how to get there. Whether we're confused because the, you know, person that was our coach or mentor let us down the wrong road, or maybe we don't even have a coach or a mentor. Maybe that's not something that's in our vocabulary yet. So we have to, we have to find that, you know, we have to build a new vocabulary. We have to, um, do our own research, right? Well, speaking of people in search for trainers and coaches, are you taking on any other, any more clients at this moment? Not right now. Um, it, it'd have to be a very special case, um, for me to take on a new client. I'm pretty, I'm tapped out right now. Just, <laughs> but I have a great team. I have an awesome kick-ass team at Oak and Iron and, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, um, have the, the trainers and, and the talented individuals that are working in the gym, um, take on any new clients that walk into the door. Well, if somebody wanted to get in touch with your trainers, how would they do so? Um, they could call us, they could call the gym. Um, they can stop by the gym during business hours. We're open Monday through Sunday. So there's definitely going to be someone in the house. Uh, is there an yeah, Oak and Iron uh, Instagram? There is. Yeah. At Oak Iron Fit is our Oak and Iron Instagram. And then uh, Facebook or? We do have a Facebook. We're not as, um, we're not as present on our Facebook just because through social media, it's just one of those things that, you know, it evolves and it changes, trends change. So we're, we're, we have a heavy presence on Instagram and that's, that is probably the best way to get a hold of us. You know, either call us, DM us through Instagram. We're currently, um, revamping our website. So that'll be up soon. Yeah. Or email oakironfit at gmail.com. We definitely, I understand too, people are busy and, and you don't have time to necessarily connect face to face or even verbally sometimes. So after hours, at the end of your day, if you're like, okay, you know, I thought about getting a trainer or I've, I've thought about becoming a healthier version of myself. I don't know how to do that. I need to reach out to someone who does then shoot us an email, oakironfit at gmail.com. And, um, we usually, what we do is we set up an orientation, you know, it's like, it's sort of like an interview, you know, are we the right solution for you? What are your goals? Do you know what those are? Why do you have those goals? And, you know, I pair them with a trainer or my staff, whoever meets with them, they figure out, okay, is this, is this the solution for you? Okay, well, let's pursue that. Let's set some goals um, for you and some benchmarks and let's get to work. All right, I love it. Because ultimately it's action, right? Absolutely. And if people want to talk to you, reach out to you personally from listening to this, to this web, to this podcast, how do they do so? I'm through social media, through my Instagram, Lindsay Diaz Fit. That would be the best way to reach me. Nice. Lindsay, thank you so much. We have like an hour and a half in. I know it didn't even feel awesome. like that. No, yeah. it just went by. Nice. Well, I appreciate you being here. Thank you for giving me your time. And uh, I hope all, I know all the listeners enjoyed it. If you've, if you've listened to this, this far in, in the podcast, I'm sure you're walking away with a lot of, a ton of value from Lindsay. So again, Lindsay, thank you for being. I appreciate being it, Justin. Here. Yeah. Anytime. I'm happy to come back. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Done.